0: Mm, <laughs> mm, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything watershed bourbon. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. Uh, with me, as always, of course, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host,
1: Andy Kleschick. Andy, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing good, just watching a lot of golf in the Scottish Open right now. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: Very fun. I mean, we were just talking about how weird it is with the time difference. Yeah. You're, you're used to... Um, I think it was... I'm, I'm used to waking up at... You know, like 7:30 on a Thursday, and the tournament's kind of just kicking off. And uh, I think I woke up at 7:30. Yeah, on this and they're already Thursday kicking.
1: They're already kicked off.
0: Yeah, the first round or the first group was already already done. I think Scotty Scheffler teed off at like three in the morning. So it's like, man, that's a big adjustment. Um, so that's, but that's fun to watch. And then, uh, of course, uh, I was at the gun range today, getting a little practice in, which I needed desperately, shook off the rust a little bit. Pretty good shot, considering uh, I haven't shot in, you know. 15 years probably 10 years so that was that was a good time but um yeah and then of course madeira i think just had a new bar open up which i think we're gonna hit up after this you can maybe check it out yeah uh, but other than that i mean it's just kind of getting back to normal from the honeymoon and fourth of july and <laughs> all, all that, that stuff yeah there's a lot of craziness and excitement and then now we're kind of back to normal it's just a little bit of a hangover but you know you're just kind of dealing with that uh but anyways we're all we're doing great excited to be here and we're of course excited to talk about this bourbon as it's uh Relatively close to home, so Andy, yeah. why don't you tell the folks out there everything they need to know about the Ohioan Watershed Bourbon?
1: Of course. So, like you just uh, said, Watershed is it's an Ohio-based bourbon. It's about an hour and a half, two hours north of us, up in uh, Columbus. Oh yeah. They found it founded uh, a about twelve years ago, back in twenty ten. Um, I'm actually, t-
0: I'm actually going up. We were just talking. I'm actually going up to. Uh, uh, to columbus in a couple and i don't know like five weeks or something uh so i might have to actually hit, yeah. hit them up while i'm up there
1: have to let me know what they look like yeah, yeah.
0: i'm pulling up the uh the map now to t- kind of get a look at where it's located in comparison to where we're staying yeah Whereas, anyway uh con- continue <laughs> yeah
1: so uh, you know it's founded in 2010 by uh two guys who they wanted to uh bring a new distillery to the columbus ohio area um it was just something like I guess, must have been like a recent dream at the time for them, at least, you know, Dune. Um, Of course, they made it happen, and they actually became the second uh, distillery in the central Ohio um, area, kind of that Columbus-Central Ohio area post-Prohibition. And actually, the first one, at least in that area, to bring a legally um, distilled bourbon to the market um, when they brought their first bourbon onto the market two years later in 2012 um and of course it was something that, like initially they started out by uh while their bourbons and everything were aging uh you know they started distilling their vodkas and gins you know it's something typical kind of one of the two typical paths most bourbon and whiskey distilleries at least in america will take um to do while you're sitting there waiting for you know your whiskey to age um so they were off off to the races really early there, um, and they actually became the first distillery also in Ohio to open a restaurant on-site after the... Um, I want to say this was in 2016, if I remember, um, after the passing of Ohio House Bill 351, which allowed um, distilleries, at least in the state, of Ohio to open bars and or restaurants on-site on distillery premises um, at the same time that you're distilling. I like it. Um, and that's something that's, you know, like been instrumental and key to like their success and that's something they've actually really worked hard to do beyond just um, not just opening up this bar and, and the restaurant on-site, but it was something that they've worked on, helped bring a lot of that legislation to the Ohio floor about like, rewriting a lot of Ohio's um, at least distillery laws when it comes to alcohol um, and the sale of it, the distribution of it, a lot of that, but especially like the operations of it. Um, and it was something that you know early on, not just that House Bill 351, but they also set up the... Um, I think it was... The, I forget the name of it, but I think it was the... Ohio, oh, is the Ohio Distillers Guild. Um, and they, like, with that guild, it was them and two other um, distilleries. I think one up in Cleveland, and I forget where the third one is. I think it's in, the third one's in Columbus, too, if I recall. Um, they set up that guild to try and push um, for more, at least more types of liquor permits, for distilleries and legislation to be pushed through that would allow them or help them, um, grow their businesses and everything. Uh, and that was something that just up until that point, like I said, I want to say around 2014 to 2016 timeframe that just wasn't really in Ohio yet because it was, um, of course, since we're a liquor or a state controlled liquor controlled state, um, you know, the the distillery watershed, they had issues, and not just them, every distillery in Ohio has had uh, issues with how much uh, they were able to distill on site, but like how much, like what types of stuff they could do, how much they could do, um, what types of operations, like the bars or restaurants on site that they could do as well, um, and the distribution and everything like that. Like, it's just been a mess, and they try to like I was saying, at least for the whiskey and distilleries side, try to get some legislation pushed through to make it simpler and easier for them to do business, basically. Sure. Um, it, it was something, a lot of this was spurred, um, not just from them actually setting up, but it was from their initial permits that they had. Um, they, they were able to distill on site, But of course, they couldn't actually sell anything on site. So I don't think they could even have like a like a um, gift shop on site because initially with their uh, permits, another distillery there in Franklin County had already gotten the permit that allowed them to both distill and at least have a gift shop on site Hmm. and sell it there, too. So they had to, of course, go through Ohio's three tier system where the state would buy it, then put it through the distributors and all that fun stuff. to the stores. Um, and that's when they kind of, the two guys, that f- the two founders, they ended up um, working with that other distillery up there in Franklin County in, um, in in Columbus. They got, they founded that distillers guild and they actually got legislation passed that helped them and at least one or two other distilleries that they're close with working with um, and other micro distilleries, to, to like change the whole liquor permits, at least the operations permits side of it all, for micro distilleries uh, in the state, which is, at least by Ohio definitions, micro distilleries is anyone um, distilling less than, I think it's either 10,000 or 100,000 proof gallons distilled per year. That's what they're classifying as a micro distillery. I think That's it's 10,000 though. Um, cool. And of course... That was so they got that, and then it was like I said, about in 2016 or 17, was when they got that legislation passed to actually be able to open their restaurant on site. Um, and of course, sell their bourbon in the restaurant too, right? Um, so they've really done a lot for you know, not just obviously themselves in getting stuff like that allowed, um, but other distilleries. Now, of course, they've grown a lot. More since then, uh and they're still trying to push through legislation in the state to help themselves and some of these other small micro distilleries because they're at. Last I checked, I think they're like like nine to ten thousand proof gallons per year distilled. So they're kind of what they're per, they're running into the same issues again that they were having at the start, where kind of having some of those. Um, they might need to get a new permit soon or push legislation to change, um, definitions within certain permits and licensing and everything now as it stands. Gotcha. Um, so they've had a lot of fun working with the state to do that, (laughs) but, um, go, you know, that's, they've definitely got a fantastic lineup to show for it. Uh, I think they've won at least at a state level. I think they've won a few different awards in, uh, the state of Ohio for their products. Um, you know, which they started out doing that vodka and gin, like I was saying at the start, while their whiskeys were aging, uh, and they actually have three different um, gins. They have a four peel gin, a barrel aged gin, like a Rabbit Hole has, hmm. and then a Guild gin, which I think the four peel is a maybe like four different types of oranges, like peels from that or something, if I recall. Um, and the Guild, I forget what that is, what like goes into that as far as the gin goes. But then they also have uh like a whole range of bourbons, which we're trying their um I think this is their Bottle and bond, their four year old bottled and bond bourbon today, but they also have a barrel strength, uh no chino finished um bourbon and just their standard offering on top of that bottled and bond. And then they also have a whole host of um different liqueurs and a, uh, an apple brandy that they distill on brandy. site yeah but that's uh, tasty
0: yeah I'm sweet sure. i'm sure oh yeah
1: i'm sure it's gotta be but um you know it, they've definitely grown up a lot in 12 years since just piddling around trying to work their way through the legislation there
0: Heck yeah! all right are we ready to uh do the tastings
1: i think it's that time yeah
0: oh it's that it's that time of the week folks Alright, get yourself a glass poured. As Andy mentioned, we are tasting the Watershed uh, Bottled and Bond whiskey. We've already got ours poured, so we're going to go ahead and just jump right into the tastings. As always, we're going to start with the nose.
1: It's pretty light. Yeah, light, but it's like very, very sweet to me on the nose. Indeed. I agree. It's not too many notes like on the nose for me. I mean, it's there's just not a lot coming through, other than that sweetness on it, kind of like a brown sugar or maple sweetness on it for me. Yeah, it's at least
0: very. I agree with that. I and I would also agree. I do think it's not very complex. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting to see how it drinks. Um, so let's uh, let's, give it a, yeah. let's give it a taste yeah. Cheers. Cheers. A little burn, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Hundred proof, I'd say it drinks just like that. Yeah. What are some uh, notes that you're getting in the in the Palo?
1: I still get a lot of that sweetness on it, but it's kind of.
0: I agree. It's
1: more of like for me it at least changes to like a.
0: What kind of sweetness are you getting though?
1: To me, it kind of like has changed to like a, like a maple orange candy or like maybe a bit of molasses in there. Yes, I agree. Like a hit there in it.
0: The sweet. Like, uh, like i get the orange hint and it's definitely the sweet it's like almost like orange and honey or like molasses and yeah like a, honey, uh, orange, like a honey orange like honey of,
1: note in there too for kind me of like you're saying uh, um
0: i definitely think it's a it's a the, the taste is a lot better than the nose I would say. oh yeah a little more complex still nothing crazy not gonna blow your socks off i'd be interested if they have a regular bourbon and along with the the, the bottom yeah. and bond right I would be yeah. interested to try that one out to see kind of how it it stacks up. But yeah, so, um, I couldn't
1: I couldn't find it when I like their regular bourbon. The only one I other one I was able to find was their um, like just their bottled um, old fashioned oh, like mix. Gotcha. Um, when I was looking, but I'm sure you could probably find it. You know, being down here in Cincinnati, I'm sure we could easily find it if we hunted for it.
0: Sure,
1: and it's I mean even the bottle and bond like most of it's all fairly affordable priced. I mean at least here in Cincinnati, it's. You know, like thirty or thirty-five bucks, so it's not going to break the bank all that much for you.
0: Definitely. All right, folks, uh, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on all of them. Please subscribe, uh, leave a review, and uh, tell your friends about uh, the podcast. Share it on your your social media sites. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Don't uh, don't worry, America. We'll be here to drink with you next week. Support so other whiskey. We look forward to it.